Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tantra's Mantra where we go behind and beyond the tech news headlines. I am Prakash Sangam, your host and founder of Tantra Analyst. I am back again with another episode. Today we will talk about 3GPP, uh, the global organization that develops cellular specifications and standards. 3GPP as many might know stands for third generation partnership project. It was started more than two decades ago to develop a harmonized global 3G specifications and went on to develop 4G, 5G and now working on 6G as well. And of course, all the steps in between. But surprisingly, it still kept uh, 3G in its name. In spite of its uh, long history and pioneering work, many people outside the cellular industry really ever heard uh, about uh, 3GPP. But it only came to foray when 5G became really popular. I am a full uh, 3GPP member and attend uh, most of its plenaries and other meetings. And also have written quite a bit about its structure, inner workings and so on. In fact, I have a couple of ongoing article series on the subject. I'll include links to them in the description of the podcast. So please uh, remember to check them out. But we are here today to talk about an exciting change happening in 3GPP's leadership team. 3GPP's largest group called uh, RAN Technical Specifications Group or RAN TSG recently elected a new chair and that is Dr. Wanshi Chen, Senior Director of Technology at Qualcomm. He will be starting in his new position on June 14th, the day on which the next RAND plenary will convene. We are so fortunate to have Dr. Wanshi with us today to discuss the whole slew of issues related to 5G, standardization, his vision for 3GPP and so on. Wanshi, congratulations and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Prakash. Thank you, everyone. Hello, everyone. My name is Wan Shi Chen. It's really a pleasure to be here. Very nice. Uh, we have known each other uh, for a long time, Wan Shi, right? I think since uh, early 2000s or so. We, we right. both were working for Ericsson at that time, commercializing 3G. That's right. And industry has come a long way since then. <laughs> okay, let's get started. Wan Shi, so you are a veteran of standardization. Could you please briefly explain your background, what you do at Qualcomm, and most importantly, tell us uh, your journey at 3GPP. Yes, I joined Qualcomm in May 2006. Now it's about 15 years. From day one, I joined Qualcomm. I was involved in 4G LTE research, and then starting from March 2008, I started to attend 3GPP meetings. First start with the round one. Round one is you may know is the uh, is the largest working group in 3GPP, focused on physical layer uh, subvocation work. And then uh, starting from August 2013, I was elected as a vice chair in round one, uh, serving around for four years. And then in August 2017, I was elected as round one chair until uh, serving for another four years until May this year. And in March, I was elected as round primary chair, continue serving 3GPP. So really, my work has been kind of focused on the R&D part and also to provide services to GPP. Very well. You've been a through and through 3GPP guy then, right? <laughs> yes, for 14, 13 years at least. So what is the one aspect of 3GPP that you're most fascinated by or you know, that you cherish? 
That's a very good question. I, I think from day one when I joined 3PP, I was really amazed by the cooperation among different companies. I can tell you that in round one, when I first joined in, in March 2008, we only had about 200 people more or less in round one, but now we have around 500, 600 people in round one uh, in, in a single meeting. And the, the, the number of companies who are involved in the standard aid process also increased a lot. But even with that, for any design, any topic we have in round one, I think also in round plenary, they're always uh, in a very contentious discussions, very different views, but through careful collaboration, we can always find some consensus. And 3PP is constantly driven. This is sometimes I see it's more like magical, but it always happens. It's really interesting and surprising at the same time, right? I mean, companies who fight really hard and against each other in the marketplace, when they come to standardization, they have to sit uh, together, talk through, and then come to a consensus, not just majority, a consensus to make the standards and specifications happen. I think, yeah, I agree. It's it's a very interesting part of uh, the organization. Exactly. So, So how will your first day as the RAND TSD chair look like? Well, I got elected in March and was officially appointed at the end of April. You know, I was still chairing round one in May, but even during the, the chairing, I had to get a lot of preparation for the June plenary. And as you know, we're also going to have another round level uh, workshop. It's called Run Resetting Workshop, which is scheduled to start on June 28th for a week. So as a, as a new elected chair, I have to be prepared and to, to really get the agenda ready for both uh, the, the regular Rampart meeting and the workshop, and also to, to really come with a, a good set of guidelines for both meetings, uh, the guideline including the details, thoughts on how things are managed, you know, all the kind of things. Yeah, it, it's been a, a very busy uh, days for me to, to get things prepared. I'm looking forward for the round plenary in uh, more or less one week from now. Yeah, especially, you know, putting two hats at the same time and both of these are the largest groups within 3GPP and uh, very intense discussions happen on both the forums. So that must be very tiring. Exactly. So, so how are the online meetings working out? It's almost more than a year now since these started. Um, I'm assuming everybody, just like me, are very eager to get back to face-to-face meetings. Yes. I mean, it's uh, it's been challenging for sure. We uh, start to have these electronic meetings uh, from early last year. As a matter of fact, we canceled all the meetings in, in the year 2020 and also this year. We're still deciding whether to hold the physical meetings or e-meetings for the December round plenary, but other than that, everything else already been decided to go uh, electronically. It's a learning process. I mean, from if you compare e-meetings versus physical meetings, uh, that's certainly we can never compare with the efficiency of physical meetings. Uh, being a technical group, as you can imagine, it involves a lot of uh, discussions. Uh, and this discussion, in many cases, will require a very good uh, interpersonal um, interactions. You know, sometimes it just takes effort to write down even some formulas to, to write a few illustrations, and things can be resolved very quickly. But e-meetings, for e-meetings, we're lacking all these kind of interactions. But we've been learning along the way, try to come with a lot of uh, guidelines to really improve the efficiency of the e-meetings. For example, how to how to arrange the conference calls because we had to try to accommodate, uh, if not all, at least the majority of the delegates in terms of 
you know, arrange working hours to make sure that we don't overstress the delegates and also to arrange the email thread discussion to, to hopefully strike a good balance between load and, and of course, the, the necessary relaxation time for, for delegates. We also set up a lot of rules for different, uh, during different time period, we even have something called inactive period during which we do not allow any kind of email discussions or of course conference calls to try to give delegates a good balance between work and life. Yeah, overall, I think we have been uh, moving along quite well considering the, the challenge we, we are facing. Of course, never going to be comparable with physical meetings. I'm still confident that uh, with all this good collaboration, we're still making very good progress so far. Yeah, fingers crossed for this December face-to-face uh, -face meetings. So as a chair, you will have opportunity to shape the future and guide the technology evolution at 3GPP, right? So, so what is your vision for 3GPP during your tenure and what are your priorities and so on? So I should add here, the official tenure is two years, but typically, you know, officers serve two terms. So total of say four years and you know what what are you thinking in, in terms of prioritization and things that you want to accomplish uh, during that time yeah that, thank you for a good question and we are as you know we already had two releases so far for 5g uh, the first release release 15 and the second release release 16. now we're in we're working on release 17 the third release we are now at this point in time, we plan to, you know, I mentioned a workshop earlier, plan to work on, you know, to see how the projects for release 18 will look like. In a way, now we, we're kind of entering a new new phase of 5G. Uh, as a matter of fact, the PCG is approved for the usage of 5G advanced for starting from release 18. It's more like a second phase of 5G. This is this is the, the, um, the point we need to look at uh, to further Enhance 5G for sure, because 5G we have been come come with a very good progress so far. Uh, we do still see 5G has has many things to improve and, and many things we can evolve. Uh, it's still the foundation for us to to work on for the next few years. At the same time, it's also an interesting point that we need to work to see how we can manage projects and at least have some discussion to see not only to aim for some immediate um, commercial deployments and also even for something a little bit longer term to see how it could allow a good foundation even for future uh, evolutions, particularly for 60. Although we're not a group purely on research with everything we do with commercial deployment in mind, but at the same time, we're also trying to uh, to see how we could evolve as standard body to address the, the commercial needs, not just for short term, maybe for also a little bit longer term. So this is a very critical phase. Of course, you know, my term will be two years. For the first time, if, if I got reelected two years from now, it's going to be four years. At the end of my term, that's probably going to be the time that we could see some initial discussions in CC. So in a way, my, my uh, term now is, is very important. Uh, we're entering a very important phase to connect 5G and CG somehow. Yeah, I mean, you know, during your tenure, you'll see, you know, global expansion of 5G and setting uh, the foundation for 6G, right? So, yeah, indeed, uh, it's a very crucial time. And it's also crucial time because 5G is looking beyond, you know, the normal smartphone and broadband markets to industry verticals and so on. Right. So how has that progress been? How has the working has been? How are you guys working with the industry verticals that are not typically 
TGPP members and so on. So how is that happening and how do you foresee that's happening in the future? Indeed, yeah. I mean, expansion to uh, beyond EMBB is always something important for 3PP for 5G starting from day one. As you may recall, uh, during the first workshop of 5G, this was in September 2015, we already talked about three pillars of the user cases, EMBB, ULRC, and MMTC. We already built a good framework for us to incorporate any change we may have mm-hmm. uh, for future releases starting from release 15. And some for release 16, we already have a good expansion of projects into vertical domains. You know, V2X, unlicensed spectrum, you know, all the kind of things. And then release 17, this got even further accelerated. Now, coming to release 18, we still believe that this expansion to verticals will continue. Uh, indeed, during this uh, release 18 workshop that's going to be organized from June 28th to July 2nd, we have the agenda organized into three different branches. The first branch is called EMBB evolution. The second one is called non-EMBB evolution. And then we have another one called cross-functionalities. This is a new area which can benefit both EMBB and non-EMBB. So you can see we try to strike a good balance between these traditional EMBB-driven projects versus some non-EMBB projects and also try to aim for a little bit longer term for new areas. Okay, very well. So yeah, I'll be attending that workshop. Should be very interesting. Right. So in terms of interfacing with the you know participants on the industrial vertical side, there's 5GAF and others. So h- how do you see that interaction uh, going to evolve and progress? Because you have to develop technologies that verticals really need and want and ready to adopt and commercialize, right? So. They they have some representatives into right. 3GPP now, right? To channel in their needs and requirements. Uh, we're working with them very closely. I mean, the, the, we have official mm-hmm. channel, uh, you know, this the liaisons that we change with uh, with different uh, forums, different bodies. At the same time, we definitely, at uh, NCP, also welcome the delegate from their side to come to 3GPP. As a matter of fact, is this, uh, I think that this, we do see a very good increase of such delegation from vertical domain uh, uh, industries, which is a very good thing. At the same time, we also, at, at the chair level, we also, at least personally, I've been attending a few calls and that are organized. I try to, to share my views and try to also help them understand better how 3GPP works. Because eventually, from CV perspective, we are a very open standard body. And it's also 5G's goal to try to accommodate not just traditional EMBB services, but also any kind of service we can, we can, we can think of. So it's all important for us to, to really work very closely to make sure we can address uh, various use cases and requirements. Very nice. And then now coming back to this release 17 and 18. Release 17, from a standardization perspective, a lot of work is already being done, right? Right. So that is being standardized towards the end of this year, early next year? Uh, release 17, right now, the schedule for release 17 is that we'll try to finish release 17 in run one, the physical layer, by December this year. Uh-huh. And then run uh-huh. two, run three, run four, this is the up layers and performance. This naturally have a three months staggering compared with round one. We're still aiming mm-hmm. for this completion dates. Uh, of course, we because of the cancellation of fiscal meetings, we'll also try to examine the situation very carefully to see whether we need to step in in terms of checking the progress to see when any kind of downsizing is necessary. 
because eventually we have to look at a group to make sure we can deliver on time. At the same time, if something really uh, showing some signs of, uh, you know, let's say risk of being completed, let's try to step into see how we can address that. Okay. So basically the whole standard finalized by first quarter of uh, 2022, then release 17. Yes, the idea to have all the functional work done by March from run to run, three run four perspective, run up for December, and then in June next year, there'll be so-called SN Dolphin phrase. Yeah, yes, and autumn phrase is in June. Okay. Yes. Very well. So now moving to release 18. So the, the name uh, 5G Advance is kind of official now with the PCG agreeing to it and endorsing it. Yes, very happy to report that this was first approved by PCG. And of course, uh, 3PB has to do the due diligence to check out whether there's some, uh, some other external usage or not to make sure there's no, there's no conflict. Very happy mm-hmm. to report that that check process is already also done. Now we're already approved to use such a, such a terminology. I, I also just a couple of days ago, I think maybe yesterday, I already saw the new logo. I'm not sure you had a chance to to see that yet or not, I already had a first look and it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't looked at it. I should go check it out. It's similar to the 5G with these green bars and then with the 5G advanced. Okay, perfect. So it's basically following the footsteps of uh, LTE. You had LTE and then right. you know releases after that where LTE advanced, right. so same thing. So then looking at 6G, for example, so 5G advanced will be for like a couple of uh, Releases like maybe 19 and then release 20 is 60 then or hard to say at this point? That's a good question. I mean, this is too early to tell at this point. I do see that for sure we're going to have a focus on 5 advanced in the next release. Even for 19, I'm still expecting to see 5 advanced. When city going to start to come to CPP in terms of discussion, I'm expecting probably starting from the second half of the decade, maybe starting from sometime in 2025 to some early discussion. Uh, you know, requirements, you know, this usual thing to have kind of get prepared for 60. Okay. But again, this is too early to tell. This also depends on the interaction with uh, with many other um, you know standard bodies outside the 3PP. Okay, you mentioned about this release 18 workshop. So coming out of the workshop, we should have some idea on what kind of enhancements industry might see from you know enhanced broadband and non-enhanced broadband, you know primarily verticals and so on. What kind of enhancements we are talking about? You know, is it just higher speeds, lower latency, or what can we expect at a very high level from release 18? Well, right now the, the contribution deadline is uh, next Monday, but at least I did hear a lot of discussion about, you know, uh, for example, on the EMBB side, some additional XR work in the enhanced positioning, silent, silent of course could also be done to non-EMBB side. Uh-huh. Um, you know, power saving, MIMO, you know, all these advanced enhancements. On the on non-EMV side, right. I mentioned Starlink, which could be in many forms. You also have new enhancement on this uh, NTN, especially non-terrestrial networks. URRC IoT, or uh-huh. you know, many other things that I think people have different things in mind, even broadcast, all kinds kind of things. Correct. Now, on the new areas, I heard something like full duplex, 
which is, you know, in the traditional TDD system, you have this half duplex operation, which could also be converted to full duplex to better utilize the spectrum and reduce mm -hmm. latency or the different benefits. AI machine learning is also being proposed by many companies. Green network is another example. So there's many, many things I think different companies have in mind. I'd be interested to see how we could converge to the final, not, not, not the final per se, but the, at least to have a more focused discussion for the next steps after the workshop. Yeah, a lot of exciting stuff happening then. So basically it will be perfecting the things that were introduced in maybe 16 and 17 and looking at some you know, brand new ideas. Full duplex right. seems you know, really interesting, right? It's been always a holy grail that you, you use the same spectrum for both uplink and downlink with interference cancellation and so on. So that would be interesting to look at, yeah. Right. That kind of, you know, almost double the capacity of the network. Yes. Any early indications of what 6G might look like or you think it's very, very early to even think about it? For 6G, of course, outside CGBP, I did hear a lot of discussion here and there, but on the, at the 3G level, it's too early. I still believe 6G now okay. is still more or less at the research stage. Uh, it's still too early to tell how yeah. it's going to eventually you know, develop in terms of a commercial like uh, generation standard. It's still too early. Uh, yeah, at CGBP level, it's too early. Okay, yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. People are kind of getting uh, tired of keep talking about 5G, so they, they need new things. So a lot of them are, you know, thinking 6G as the new thing. But 5G advance is kind of a interesting interim. So hopefully the focus will be more on 5G advance rather than 6G on anything that is not in today's 5G, right? Right. I mean, I think as a whole, uh, I think all three members have the 5G has been, you know, developing the free releases. And now we're already seeing quite good commercial deployments. I think it's important to continue evolving 5G, we still have a lot of things that we can improve and to make sure that 5G is a very successful generation of standards. Okay, that's very interesting. Now moving on away from these technologies on some of the logistics and the politics and geopolitics that might or might not be affecting 3GPP. So one of the things I had heard some time back was this uh, issue of contribution packing, wherein you know, some companies are trying to artificially boost their numbers by introducing frivolous contributions and so on. Is that still a issue or that has been addressed? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't, I do not believe it's an issue at this point in time. And to okay. understand that uh, whenever I have some new topics, even for some existing topics, all company kind of excited to contribute and sometimes they, they mm -hmm. Without a good uh, regulation of how many contributions they normally contribute, maybe especially even for a particular agenda, maybe too excessive from a single company. This just also from management perspective, it causes a lot of issues because eventually we have to work a group to try to have have the opportunity for everybody to review the input from different companies to discuss a group. If you have you know too many. Contributions, you know, is is also making the review process more difficult. We have taken quite some measures in the past. I think it worked pretty well at this point. Okay, that's glad to hear. Otherwise, I mean, I had heard of, of course, probably it is an exaggeration, but people even submitting contributions for typographical errors, grammatical errors, and so on. And uh, you know, the geopolitical situation. I mean, it's always evolving and changing. 
Right. How has that uh, affected the overall working of 3GPP itself? And uh, has that affected the productivity and efficiency of 3GPP in any way? And have you put, you know, good guidelines, if you will, for how to work on these things uh, so that it doesn't affect any changes which may or may not come later? Any, any views on that? At this point in time, we don't have any restriction per se, uh-huh. but it can openly engage in, you know, these offline, online discussions as long as it's related to 3GPP. We used to have some restrictions, but even during that time, uh-huh. we are working very hard as a group to see how to manage this, try to mitigate any potential impact. For example, we try to organize all the offline discussion in an open manner to pre-announce this uh, offline session to a good summary of what's being discussed. Try to, you know, to make sure we can comply with the regulations at the same time to minimize any potential impact. So overall is is very very uh, resilient. You know, I think everybody has the same goal to work on things to make sure we can deliver as a group for commercial successful release. So in that sense, you know, I personally definitely hope we don't have any restrictions in the future, you know, but we we're working very hard to to mitigate any kind of potential impact. Because eventually, this is a technical standard body, you know, this technical driven is it should be the best and should be the the goal for for everyone. Okay, perfect. Well, and the related topic is this talk about uh, standard forks, wherein. You know, different regions trying to make their own versions of the standards and specifications. Is that still a threat? Uh, are there any efforts on, you know, to either stop it uh, or something like that? For example, will, you know, 5G Advance or 6G be a single global standard or there will be multiple versions of it and so on? I, I think the, this one, one particular thing, I think everybody agrees that, uh, you know, we had the 4G LT as a successful generation standard now have 5G been very successful. One primary reason, in my opinion, is that it's, it's a global standard. It's very open. It have members from all over the world participating in a standard and, and try to contribute and try to use this standard for their commercial deployments. This, I think this foundation for being successful, I do believe this is still the one that we're gonna, we're gonna we should have moving forward. Is there any risk? Uh, I did hear some discussions and some some you know issues being raised. But overall, I believe when we work together as a group, uh, we can always resolve the, these kind of potential issues and still have uh, the same goal, trying to still evolve as a single open global standard to be able to accommodate the request and the needs from a company all over the world. Exactly right. When you look at how fractured uh, 2G and 3G were and compared to that how successful 4G was because it was single standard compared to you know five or six different flavors and at least three dominant ones in 3G. I think there is a very good history lesson for everybody to take from right you know if it is one standard across the globe then the success is kind of ensured if it is not then you know it's going to be really hard you know especially now where Everything is global. The, the the ecosystem is global. The supply chain is global, right. and so on, right? right? And and hopefully it will be so that you know there will be one global standard that everybody can rely on. Right. So I mean, you know, as we talked about, uh, we sit here today, just a few days before the next plenary. What do you think 
is your biggest challenge and biggest opportunity during your tenure? Well, as we already discussed earlier, this, we are at a, a point now, it's kind of start of the second phase of 5G. We still need to solidly um, improve what you have uh, on 5G to try to you know, improve on EMBB, non-EMBB aspects, and try to also lay a good foundation for, for 6G. You also mentioned you know, some other political impact, some you know, interaction with different standard bodies. You know, you can see the, you can see it as, as a change, but I, I think it's also opportunity for us to to really stay strong, to continue evolving as a single global standard. I I do believe that with good management, with very uh in, you know engaging discussion and cooperation, I believe we can still continue with our successful path. All right, I think uh, you know that's great way to. And uh, the discussion, we covered a lot of ground. Any closing comments uh, from your side? Uh, thank you so much, Parker, for the opportunity. We have known each other for a long time. Uh, I think it's really been a, a pleasure to be here. Uh, looking forward to some other opportunities. Thank you so much. Uh, absolutely. Once again, congratulations on your election. And thank you very much for uh, coming over and sharing your views. I'm sure there will be many more opportunities for us to talk on this show you know as release 17 uh, rolls over release 18 5g advance comes into foray and so on hope to see you back uh, on the show again best of luck thank you so much for cash all right folks that's all we have for you now today i hope you found this discussion to be informative and useful if you did please hit that subscribe button down there on whatever platform you're listening this on Again, I'll be back very soon with another episode, putting light on another interesting subject. Bye-bye for now.